Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Good morning. The Lord is good. Thank you very much. I am not Pastor Randy. And uh, I got a phone call from Pastor Randy Friday afternoon. Well, tell them what happened before that. Well, before that, uh, for those of you that uh, are a part of the church here at the Crossing, this is our home church. We're not here all the time. But when we are not on the road traveling, this is where we go to church. Uh, our daughter Allison and, and Austin Vespa uh, they're the worship leaders here amongst all the others that are part of the team. By the way, didn't they do an awesome job this yes. morning? Woo. If, you, if you can't share the word after that, I better quit. So, But uh, what a blessing the team is here, and they always bring it every Sunday. But uh, this week, uh, Pastor Randy called me Friday, and he said, uh, uh, this next week in our 37 days, we're talking about faith, building your faith. And uh, he said, uh, I don't feel like I can be a part of that this coming Sunday because he's struggling in his health a little bit. And uh, we love you, Pastor, and we're praying for you. And we love you and Pastor Stacy very, very much. And we, we say it like this, uh, catch a quick healing. Amen. Catch a healing real quick. Because I had an old pastor friend of mine whenever he got to feeling bad. And I said, brother, how you doing? He said, I'm catching a healing. So uh, anytime, I don't say I've got a cold. I say, I'm catching a healing. I don't even do don't even say I'm sick, catching the healing. But anyway, so, uh, but he said, I want you to minister on faith. Earlier in the week, uh, we've been here for uh, two years in a place here in Conroe, and we're believing God for property. And so we haven't found the place we want yet, so we're still looking and all of that. And so we've been leasing a place and very comfortable and everything. Well, our landowner called us, uh, was it Wednesday? And said, uh, I've sold your, the home you're in and you need to move. So, uh, speaking on faith and very quickly, uh, we have to put our faith out there for another place to live. So, you know, it, God knows what he's doing whenever he wants you to uh, minister on something and you're in the midst of walking it out. Amen. <laughs> so anybody else like that? The Lord puts you in a place, you got to walk it out. But, uh, this morning, my wife wanted to share just a brief word. Just a quick word. Um, the, Pastor Becky. Uh, the, um. 37 days of prayer and fasting have been phenomenal this this week, hey? Amen. This week has been phenomenal, and we've been getting up, having our Bible time, and then, you know, finishing it with Pastor Randy's Word, and it's been so powerful. And then when Pastor called and said, hey, we want you to speak on faith, I mean, you know, and then here we are, we're facing that, and somehow the year didn't start like we thought it would. You know, we were going to jump in and do things and get going and blah, and here we go. Oh, well, and besides that, we got to move. Yeah, and then we're supposed to be in Finland the last two weeks of the month. Right. So, so it, it was a, a little of things crazy, but I want to say this. Um, this is our 50th year of ministry together as a couple. Our year of Jubilee. Our year of Jubilee. And uh, someone asked me uh, earlier uh now, is, have y'all been married that long? No. 
Uh, we've been married 46 years this past December. Uh, I traveled with Joe's family uh, from the time I was 16 until we married. It took him a while. It did. And I was in faith. I was practicing my faith walk. It worked. I actually got to emergency tongues, though, because I was thinking it wasn't going to happen. But it happened. <laughs> Those of you, uh, shame on me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we've been married 46 years, but uh, 50, is, 50 years. But I just wanted to say to you this morning, I stand beside this man who is absolutely one of the greatest faith believers and faith speakers. And he's not talking to you today from a text. He's talking to you today from actual real life. Our whole life, our whole marriage, our whole ministry, as we raise our kids, the church, the, the ministry that God's given us, everything born out of faith. This man, if God, uh, he, he, he would say to me, even if I think God said it, gonna I'm going to do, do it. it. And that's how we've lived. And I think we'll get to heaven one day. Yeah, probably. And Jesus will say, Cruises, yeah. y'all were great. I didn't tell you to do about half of that stuff, but hey. You're on board, that's right. Here we go. That's right. So anyway, but uh, open up your hearts today. Amen. Open up your minds and, your, and just receive the word of the Lord. It's powerful, and I believe it can change your life. Amen. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. Amen. Amen. We want, we want to encourage you the very first of the year, amen? And so let's just pray over this today. Father, we thank you for your word, that it's alive and it speaks. Father, we pray for our pastors. We pray for Pastor Randy and Stacy, that, Lord, you will quicken their bodies. And, Lord, others that are here today and others that are part of this family that are watching online because of, of physical issues, Lord, we ask you right now for a quick healing, for a quickening in their mortal bodies and we thank you for the privilege and for the honor of standing to deliver the word today. And we give you all the praise. And God's people said, amen. amen. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a foundation uh, this morning before I get to the three simple points that I want to leave with you today. And uh, a good sermon you shouldn't have more than three points uh, for people to carry home. At least that's what I was taught and in our homiletics class that we have, that's what I teach, but any of those kinds of things. But I'm going to drop a couple of things in your heart today, but I want to lay a foundation. And where I want to begin this morning, if you have your Bible, let's turn to Romans chapter 5. And all this week in your Bible study, or in the, uh, 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 as Pastor Randy and the team uh, share with us uh, every morning for about 15 minutes, it's on faith, what it is to walk in faith. And one of the topics, I think it is around Wednesday, is uh, speaking faith. And if there was a title, that's kind of what my message is titled, but I could call it a lot of things. But more than anything else, I want to uh, drop some things in your spirit. And let's begin here, uh, there in Romans chapter 5, if you will, uh, just a couple of verses there at the very beginning. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. The Bible says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's uh, sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place. I love this part right here in the New Living. Undeserved privilege. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, favor is not fair. Favor is not fair. That's a cruisism, but it's a fact. When you walk in the ways of God, favor is not fair. 
God goes before you and he makes a way where there is no way. Somebody say amen. amen. It's important that we understand this faith walk. We're his children. How many of you love your kids? Even in spite of all that they, they do and all those wonderful, I love my kids. And they can have, matter of fact, they've got anything I have, it belongs to them. When we got locked down in Hawaii during COVID, horrible place to get locked down for six months. <laughs> my son Jody called me on the phone. He said, hey, Dad, I know you've got that barbecue pit there at the house and you're not using it. Can I borrow it? He lives in Dallas. I didn't get my barbecue pit back. Dad, can I borrow the lawnmower? Sure, son. Uh, your weed eater, your blower? Sure, son. Guess what? I didn't get any of that back. So kids can have anything we have. But, but you know, our Heavenly Father loves us. And he wants you to have... It wasn't Austin, I promise you. It was not Austin. It's one of my other sons, all right? And I'm not going to say which one because they might be watching online as well, all right? But because of faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved I love this privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems. I mean, you know, they're going to be problems. You know, you could look at the situation, say, I got to move this month. It could look like a problem, but in, the, in a way it's a blessing. God's preparing us for our future. He's preparing you for your future. And many times we don't even know it, but that's what's happening. And, enduring, and endurance, I love this. Well, let me back up. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confidence, uh, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit is here to empower us to fulfill all that God has for us. We can't even be born again without the work of the Holy Spirit. So our, our, our walk of faith, okay, is vital to your joy. Come on, somebody. It's vital to your joy, your peace, walking in love, loving others, developing endurance, character, confidence, even your hope. Our world today is where it is because many people have lost hope. They have no hope. People commit suicide. Marriages end. Uh, families are destroyed. People are on incredible amounts. Of, did you know America, the United States of America, is the most medicated country in the world? 80% of our population is under some type of medication to help them get through the day. It's horrible. They need hope. And Jesus is our blessed hope. Amen. Another familiar passage of scripture I want to lay for you today is a very familiar chapter in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm not going to go through all of that, but that, that's the hall of faith. If you want to go back, read that this week and be just reminded of the men and women of God that the Lord saw their works and he, and he, he said, because of how you lived, I count that as faith toward your life. Before that Jesus had come. We look back to when Christ was crucified. They looked to the time when he would come and give his life on the cross. But these first couple of verses here in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. I'm believing God for land. I've had many prophetic words come to us from different sources talking about the land God's bringing to my wife and I and our ministry and, and even down to certain details, and I see God working on our behalf. 
God does that for you. He's no respecter of persons. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. You don't need hope if you already have it in your hand. But we need faith and hope when we don't see it yet. Wayward children, by faith, they're coming home. A wayward spouse, he's coming or she's coming home. Believing God for a son or daughter or business that you're believing God for. A creative idea that God's dropped in your spirit and you haven't taken that step of faith to step out there and just walk on the water. So these are very important. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation, and it is impossible, verse 6 there in Hebrews 11, it is impossible, turn your neighbor and say impossible, to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so the very last two verses of that chapter, they say it like this. All these people, and we could be included in that number, okay? All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. You and I have the full canon. We have the full Bible, the New Testament, And Paul, who wrote nearly two-thirds of that New Testament, spent a lot of his ministry encouraging the early church. And I want to encourage you today that the Word of God is there, and sometimes we, we, we worry that we're not saying things the right way. If you speak what Jesus spoke, if you say what he said, you'll be all right. Come on, somebody. It's important to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know what Christ has done for us. I want to share a couple of thoughts today on what happens whenever we activate our faith. Things happen whenever you begin to speak those things that be not as though they are. When we activate our faith, when we say what God says, when we speak what he says over a particular thing in our life, The Bible says that trials come. They're going to happen. I know for my wife and myself, we're just like you are. We face situations every day, and we have the same thoughts. Lord, are you finished? Are you done? Are you going to come through this time? But then something happens. A song comes. A word comes through uh, one of our our, our Bible studies, or or, or I'm just listening in, in my prayer time, and God reminds me of certain things, and I begin, my faith and my hope begins to arise, and I begin to rehearse what God has already promised me. I begin to rehearse it. It's just like learning a new song. You have to rehearse it. The team didn't just come up here and all of a sudden all this works. Believe it or not, doesn't just work like that. All of this, our, our technology, the media, being able to share this testimony and this service to you that are home watching, it doesn't, doesn't just happen. It takes a rehearsal. People have to go through the motions of doing these things over and over again. And that's the way, even those that are playing the football games today and getting ready for the Super Bowl in just a few weeks, these men have worked hard their whole life. They have practiced. They have practiced to where they get in the game. They don't even have to think about it. Their reaction is second nature. God forbid you start tomorrow morning and a trial comes and you respond like an unbeliever or I respond like an unbeliever, like I'm a, 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 a stepchild. Yeah. That I don't know who I am and who my God is. Right. 
that everything heaven has is at my, is at my disposal because I'm a son of the most high God. So we begin to need to understand every one of us in this room need a coach. I'm just telling you, we need a coach. We need someone that whenever we don't want to get out of bed the next morning for somebody to come in there. If if you don't have someone to do it for you, then learn how to do it for yourself. My wife and I travel around the world and and sometimes, I mean, I think in 50 years of full-time ministry, one time I was not able to fulfill my duty in ministry. Maybe, maybe, can you think of one? You'll correct me and I'll tell the people. (laughs) But I know from my life, there've been times I didn't feel like singing. Albums that have been recorded of of my wife and I with another ministry. Three services a day and then on Friday night after the whole week, he says, by the way, we're recording tonight. And I went, really? (laughs) You're kidding me. Our God is great CD. I had a hundred and something fever. I just got back from the Philippines and I was sick as a dog. But you step by faith to the microphone and you open your mouth praying that God will fill it and he will do what you can't do. And so sometimes, you know, I told the people this morning in the early service, sometimes there's no preacher there. There's no prayer service. There's no altar call. There's no healing line. So you just back up to the bed, you anoint your own head with oil, and you go, fill. Just fall out on the bed. Some of y'all went, well, that's a little radical. Okay. Okay, you can wait next week till the preacher gets there and be sick all week if you want to. I want a quick healing. I want God to do a quick work, and he can do just as much in my house or more than he can in a corporate meeting. I remember being in Australia whenever we were doing a, a meeting and there were uh, 15 deep on the outside and it was raining cats and dogs, totally filled on the inside. And after the, the man of God got through praying for everybody inside, he started outside. We had people laying out under the fire of God in, in the water. It, it, it was a mess. And preachers were saying, I didn't know God could move outside the building. But he can And he will if we'll just make room for him. It's important. So my wife and I, you know, we rehearse what God says. Uh, Past victories. How many of you, God has touched you in some way? You have a testimony of God coming through in a miraculous way, one way or another. Folks, we could be here all day. I'm just telling you, I could be here all day. So my wife and I, Last year, beginning of the year, the Lord spoke a word to us and he said, you know me as your, as, as your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. But he said, I want you to know me as your El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. The God of excess, yes. excess, however you want to say that, excess. Not just barely making it, but the God of more than enough. He wants to be the God of more than enough in your house to where you don't live from, from one critical situation to the next, but you begin to live in the overflow of God. Not ditch to ditch, but mountaintop to mountaintop. Somebody say amen. The prophetic words that God has brought to us, he's brought to you and to, and to me. You know, when God drops those things in your heart, uh, it's important to speak what others have spoken because usually when a prophetic word comes to you uh, through someone you know, uh, it's something that God has already confirmed in your spirit. It is, it's a confirming word to you. 
You've already heard it in your spirit, man, and you go, you're right on track. God's been speaking those things to me. My, my primary scripture today is out of Mark uh, chapter 11, and I want us to go there just for a couple of minutes here today. And you know this story. Jesus is, uh, uh, it's, it's about the fig tree that Jesus cursed. And, and if we're going to uh, uh, do some things, uh, walk in a, in a measure of faith, how many of, how many of you believe that if, if you want to do it the right way, you go to the right source? And Jesus spoke a lot about faith. He spoke a lot about faith. And in this passage, it's a great, great piece of scripture, and I want to share it with you today. So let's uh, look at his example, and we'll begin there at first verse. He noticed, Jesus noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. When Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again, and the disciples heard him say this, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered into the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. Now, first of all, Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, sees a fig tree, and he stops, and he said, there are no figs, and it wasn't even season for it to bear fruit. And so some people might think, well, that's a little, you know, that's kind of harsh. And he cursed it, and then he moved on. Comes to the city of Jerusalem, and he comes to the temple. And when he gets to the temple, he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocks over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, the scripture declares, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. They were so irate because the son of God had walked in and messed up their business. Not their house of worship, but their place of business. Religion had taken over. And Jesus saw it. He knew the spirit. And he turned it upside down. He, he just went in there and made a mess, basically. You've turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests, religious teachers of law, saw it and heard it, they said, we're going to kill you. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. You see, what they were really upset about was this, that the people had turned their spiritual ear to the Son of God and they had quit listening to the religious mouth. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree, okay, the next day, they may have, they've gone outside the city and, and the disciples are now passing by that fig tree that Christ had had cursed. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And this is where I want us to focus here just for a few minutes. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in your 401k. Is that what he said? 
What did he say? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not even your religious institution, but have faith in God. And then he goes on to say, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it's yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins. So he begins to really address the issue of the heart. Again, they enter into Jerusalem, keep moving forward as Jesus was walking through the temple area that he had just turned upside down the day before. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law and the elders came up to him and they demanded. They took their place of authority and they began to demand some things from the Son of God. Well, we're the leaders around here. By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? And then Jesus says this, I'll tell you, by what authority I do these things if you will answer one question for me. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely a human act? Answer me. They talked it over amongst themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. Now, I've been in places in my spiritual walk. People come up and ask me. I mean, I've had church members and they'll ask questions. I go, actually, folks, I'm not a counselor. I know what the word says, but I don't know. Just to be honest, I don't know. We don't know. And Jesus responded, then I'm not going to tell you. Yeah by what authority I do these things. Speaking of faith, I want to drop three things in your spirit this morning, and they're real simple. But to get there, just a couple of thoughts here. In the example of the fig tree, it could very well represent the believer in his or her life. When someone looks at your life, do they see fruit? Come on, somebody. Do they see fruit? Do they see leaves? Do they see life? And let me ask you another question because this is where we're headed. Do they see authority? Do they see authority? Because the church has walked many times with no authority. Thank God for a few that said, we're not going to bow. Even through COVID, we're going to stand our ground. Many kept their churches open, never closed them. In this house, we never shut down. We kept having church. Every Sunday, there was a word coming to your house. People need to understand authority. Yes. I may not like our president. I may not have done this or that for the man that's in the office, but if he walked through that room, walked through those doors into this room, I would stand out of honor and respect for the yes. office which he holds. That's right. That's exactly In our country today, people have lost that understanding 
of authority. And we need that back. We can change our nation, but we need to take our place as God's people. The Bible says there in Luke chapter six, just one verse, and I'm gonna read it to you in the Amplified. You need to hear this this morning. The upright man out of good treasure stored in his heart produces what is upright, honorable and intrinsically good. And the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, intrinsically evil. For out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Yes. You see, if you're not careful, you will curse your own life. You will curse your own business, your own family. It's important what comes out our mouth. This past week, I don't know, maybe it was Friday, Friday morning, and my wife, we're getting ready for the day, and my wife says, what is that song you always sing? It's just a melody. I'm always singing it. And I said, honey, I never thought about it. It's just what comes up in my spirit. And I said, sometimes I don't even know I'm singing it. I'm just humming and, and just enjoying the morning and getting ready. And she said, I got to go find that. I got to find that melody and find what you're singing. So knowing my wife, she moved around there in a minute and she comes back in there and she puts on the, the uh, YouTube uh, playing of the old hymn, a firm, How Firm a Foundation. Right. How Firm a Foundation is the melody that comes in, in and out of my spirit and I don't even think about it. I hadn't sung it. We had sung it. And I haven't sung it years. But whenever he is your foundation, it's amazing what comes out of your spirit and it comes out of your mouth. Our heart is a storehouse. Your heart is a storehouse. What is it storing? What are you storing? I pray it's a heart filled with faith and authority to speak what God speaks. That's my prayer for all of us here today. In that passage there in Mark chapter 11, three times Christ said, I tell you. The first time it was that my house shall be called a house of prayer. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the place, the dwelling place of the most high God. What are you storing in your heart? Because if, if we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, are we grieving the Spirit of God? Or is it a place where he can work and move in our life? Are we hindering his work on the inside of us? Without doubt and unbelief. He said, you have to come without doubting and with belief. You must activate your faith and get specific. Pastor Stacy on Wednesday night said, don't settle. Don't settle. A lot of people settle for a life so far below what God has for us. You can pray for anything. That's what the Bible said. You can pray for anything, but you have to believe that as you pray, God will do what you're asking. And then he said, we have to do some things. We have to, we have to have an action. There has to be a corresponding response. Faith is an action word. So we have to have a correspond. We don't just say, thank you, Lord, for the fire insurance. Now I'm saved. I'm going to live like I want to. No. When you gave your life to Christ, you also said, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, I yield. 
I'm yours. No restraints, I'm yours. Now, for some of us that grew up in a very traditional religious uh, uh, denomination, that's tough. But here's what happens. God will work outside your religious box. When I was 18 years of age, a good old Baptist boy, been taught all my life that all of this stuff passed away with the last apostle. And and that kind of weird thinking even in the process. (laughs) I can just see some guy standing outside the door and he needs healing and the old apostle goes, (gasps) (laughs) yeah, and the guy walks out and goes, sorry, he's dead, you gotta look. But at age 18, I I get healed of asthma. Never had an asthma attack since. So it messed up my theology. Uh, He still heals because he healed me. So be careful. And here's the thing. Sometimes those religious boxes keep us. We have these offenses that we carry. And it's hard for the Lord to work past those things. Jesus would not tell them by what authority he performed his miracles because the religious leaders were already closed. They weren't open to receive what he had. I'm not going to tell you because you're not, you're not going to listen. You're already plotting to kill me. What you need, you don't have ears to hear. So here are the three things. You ready? Very simple. If you've got your smartphone, you can put these in. Very, very easy. Don't allow your mouth to keep you from what God has for you. These three things. First thing, Talking about there, uh, a mountain. The Bible says if you have just the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move. My first thought is this. Don't just talk about the mountain. A lot of people spend their whole life talking about the mountain. Some people don't even want to be delivered from the mountain because they like the attention they get talking about the mountain. Some people don't want breakthrough. Did you know I had a man healed in one of our meetings? He was a naval officer. He had had a horrible back, uh, uh, broke his back, had been on, on uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, disability for nearly 25 years. And he comes in our meeting, and the anointing of God hits him, and all the pain leaves, and instantly he's totally whole. He looked me in the eye, and he said, I've got a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I'm on disability. He said, God just healed me. I don't know whether I'm supposed to call and tell him I don't need disability anymore and go back to work. I got a problem. That's a true story. And I went, well, brother, I ain't got to, uh, thank God he touched your body. I'd, I'd be running the building right now. I wouldn't be worrying about whether I'm going to keep my disability. But some people, that's the way they think. Don't just speak about the mountain, how big it is, how long it's been there, what the mountain looks like. But number two, speak to the mountain. Speak to it. When you speak to the, speak to the mountain, remember, do as Jesus did. You can say and you can pray. And here's what I've learned. Every mountain has a name. Every mountain has a name. Kilimanjaro. 
what's the one that everybody, Mount Everest. Every mountain has a name. I don't know what your mountain is today. I don't know if it's sickness, disease, if it's children. I don't know if it's a spouse. I don't know if it's a business. I don't know what it is. But you know what your mountain is. And if you want it removed, you're going to have to learn how to speak to it. And you have to speak to it with a spirit of faith, knowing what Christ said about those mountains. Lord, you told me. You said here in Mark chapter 11 that if I speak to that mountain, if I speak to it, I can tell it where to go. Straight back to the pit of hell. I can speak to it. And Lord, I believe because Lord, in past times when there were things that I couldn't do, Lord, you met me there and you made a way where there was no way. One of the very first times we ever traveled as a family, we were headed to Australia and we didn't have the money for the tickets and we needed, I think it was nearly $8,000. We were taking students, but we had our family, all of our kids. We were all headed to Australia for about three weeks of ministry over there and we needed nearly $8,000. We didn't have credit cards. We had a debit card. If it wasn't in the bank, we couldn't buy it. And we're praying, Lord, if you want us to go, those tickets are going up every day. We need those tickets. If, we're, if this is your trip, we need those. I get a check in the mail exactly for the amount of money for those tickets. And I call the family in, in uh, uh, Bossier City and I said, I just need to know why did you do this? This exact amount. And she said, our business, they, they did roofing. And she said, I was in the room with my boys and we've had all this rain and we didn't have any work. And this is what we had in our account. And I looked at the boys and I said, what are we supposed to do with it? And they said, Mom, you've always taught us if it wasn't enough to meet the need, it was seed. And so she said, well, where do we want to send it? And they said, I think it's for the cruises. I don't even know what they're doing, but it's for the cruises. And I said, it's exactly what we need to go to Australia. To the penny. To the penny. You don't think God knows where you are? And he's going to meet you there because of your faith. And he will stir something in you. And whenever you get to the next one, you can look back and say, no, God, I've seen you do it. You've done it once. You'll do it again. You don't just look at it and talk about it. You speak to it. Yes. And then the last thing here today is this. Take authority over the mountain yes. and speak your desired result. Not Lord, just touch me, but Lord, you know, I have people come in the altar call in our meetings and they'll walk up to me and say, Pastor Joe, I need a job. I just need a job. And I go, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I said, well, what's in your heart? Well, I want to do this. I said, well, I'll link my faith with you and let's go do what you want to do because God will give you the desires of your heart. But some people will not get specific with God. They've got a sheepskin on their wall over there and they're not doing anything that has anything to do with that sheepskin. They had to go on and do something else. God will meet you at your place of hunger and your place of faith. Don't just speak about the mountain, speak to the mountain.
and take authority over the mountain. Speak the desired result. There are great examples in the word. The Roman soldier there in Matthew chapter 8, whenever he walks up to Jesus Christ and he says, Sir, my servant in my house is paralyzed, can't move. If you, and, and the Lord says, I'll come to your house and I'll pray for him there and he'll be made whole. And the, this, is, this is awesome. This was not a Christian. This was not a Jew. It was a Roman soldier. And the Roman soldier went and he looked at Christ and he said, Lord, I'm a man under authority. I know authority. If I tell a man to go somewhere, he goes. If I tell him to come, he comes. If I want him to go over here and take taxes from a certain place, he goes and he does it. I understand authority. You don't have to come to my house. If you'll just speak the word, my servant will be made whole. And Jesus said, it's done now. And the Bible says, in that instant, the man was made whole. This was a Roman soldier. It wasn't even a Christian. At that moment, he was made whole. And then the Lord turns to his disciples. Now, this is kind of a hard thing. How would you like to have been one of those men with Christ, walking with him every day and everything? And then the Lord turns to you and says, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. Oh, yeah. uh, indictment on us. One other one. How about the woman with the issue of blood? The woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she'd gone to the greatest physicians of her day, still the same. But she made a statement. She said, I know I could be stoned. I know I'm considered unclean. But if I can just get to the man of God and I can touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. I'm willing to take that chance. I'm willing to step out of the boat and walk on the water and press through the crowd to get to the man of God. Because I believe those that have been healed, that if I don't even have to meet him, but if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. And you know the rest of the story. She comes through the press and the moment she touches the hem of his garment, the bottom of his robe, instantly the power, the dunamis of God flowed out of him and into her. And instantly Jesus stopped where he was, turns around and he says, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? The disciples again, the brainiacs that walked with him, said, Lord, everybody's touching you. What do you mean, who touched me? He said, no, someone drew. You see, the anointing is transferable. The anointing is transferable. In my life as a minister, I served a great man of God and served many mighty men of God. But while I was serving there in Tampa, Florida, the man of God would have great men of God like Reinhard Bonnke come or R.W. Schambach and Lester Summerall and Joyce Meyer and whether you like them or not, Benny Hinn and others. And I was supposed to be leading worship 
But whenever the altar call came, I made sure I was the one that was in the altar with my hands raised because I wanted what those men and women had because there's a transference of the anointing. The same anointing that flowed out of Jesus into that woman that instantly healed her is in this room right now. And he's no respecter of persons. All you have to do is draw by faith on that anointing. And the Bible says, it's yours. It's mine. It's ours. It's ours. One quick testimony. We were singing in the Philippines in 2019. We go through our praise and worship and I get down to the, toward the end of it and the Lord said, read Mark chapter five about the woman with the issue of blood. And I stopped and I said, and there's 8,000 people. It's an 8,000 seat auditorium, over 5,000 people in the room. And the pastor had asked me, he said, tonight I want you to love on people and minister to people. Take as long as you want. No restraint. He said, pray for as many, call for them for prayer. And in my mind, I've done this before. That's going to take a couple of hours to do. To physically lay hands on that many people and pray for them. And so I get down toward the end of that passage and the Lord turns and says, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Go into your peace. And I said, tonight we're going to open the altars and anyone that would like hands laid upon them, pray for you. And the altars began to fill. And for the next two hours, we laid hands and prayed for people. And about the very end of it, it's around auditorium. And I walk over to the right and I'm just praying for people, laying hands on them. Get this one woman, laid hands on her, kept going. She fell under the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, go back to that woman and ask her what she needs. And when you have that many people, you just don't do that because it'll take you forever. But I obeyed the Lord and I turned around and walked back and I said, have her stand up. I want to talk to her. And I said, ma'am, how can I pray for you? She said, I'm the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I've been on medication for well over a year. And she said, they can't stop the bleeding. Just keeps bleeding. And I looked at her and I said, woman, not because I had a heavy reverie from God. I said, tonight it stops. And I just kept going. Because something rose up inside of me. It's going to stop tonight. And I just kept going. We left. We headed to the next island of the Philippines sister church, one of their campuses. That was on a Wednesday, Thursday. So we fly Friday, Saturday morning. My wife has a private text message from this woman. She said, I'm the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I live two and a half hours away. She said, my campus is on the south uh, part of town out here. And she said, I know you're coming next week. But she said, my husband asked me, why do we have to drive two and a half hours to downtown Manila to get to the church? They're coming next week. And I told, she said, I told my husband, I got to go tonight. The Lord said, go tonight. I can't wait. She said, I want to tell you, when I woke up this morning, the bleeding had stopped. There's no bleeding. Totally whole. Totally whole. Totally whole. That's faith. That's faith. She could have waited. I'll live two more weeks with this, and then I'll get prayer. 
But she knew there was a quickening in her spirit. I want it now. Some people want to live in their mess another night with the frogs. They want to live another night in their mess another day. But this week in the 37 days and our devotions, it's going to be a whole week filled with faith. You're going to have ample opportunity to be stirred. God wants to take you to another level. I want to do this very quickly. I, I, I know that the boxes are on the back for our offering and everything, and we're going to take that, and Brother York's going to come and close the service. But I believe there's some things right now for some people here today. If our prayer teams could come, couldn't do this in the early service, and I really didn't feel any leadership. But I believe in this service today, there's some things right now You've been looking at that mountain. You really would like for something to happen, but you haven't taken these steps. And it's time to speak to the mountain. We have incredible prayer teams in this house. And I'm just going to ask them to be available. Is that all right? And maybe you haven't come for prayer in a while, or maybe you need someone to come into agreement with you that that mountain disappears today. And you take authority for your house. You may be first generation Christian. You may be here today and you're not even a believer. And the enemy has pushed you around and beaten you up. One side, up and down the other. And today you want to say, today I choose a new life. These people are here. They'll pray with you. But I believe we need to take a step of action. That's what faith is for someone here today. Maybe you're believing God for a son or daughter to come home. Your spouse, the family's in turmoil. God's given you a business. And this year's the day, the time that you're going to take a step of faith and open that new business. Let's just pray. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for your word that comes alive in our spirit. For someone here today, Lord, I pray that you bring hope, that your love would overwhelm them. That, Lord, our blessed hope, that, Lord, they have a future. They don't have to stop short of what you've called and what you've promised, but they can take hold. In 2023, they can take hold of all that heaven has for them. And so, Lord, we honor you today, and we bless you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at the Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.